Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I am, of course, your co-host, Kylan Savage. With me, as always, is Mr. T.J. Smith. Mr. T.J. Smith. Oh, do you you have a stutter? Are you okay? I'm good. And our beautiful producer, Josh Olson. Hey, guys. Hush, guys. Yeah, he's beautiful. Stop. He's, wow, how beautiful. See, I agree. Wait, did you just hush our guest? No. No, he's just a regular guy. He's just a regular guy. <laughs> we don't we don't I'm have just, a special guest. We have a regular guy. I thought guy you offered week. you offered me to be the co-host this week. Yes, uh our other co-host is of course oh, Mr. Nice. Abishai Collingsworth. Oh, this is a surprise <sighs> to me. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Which which whose job am I taking? Uh who Everyone's. do you want? You can take mine, I quit actually. I have to go pee, so quit. I'm gonna quit. You guys you guys got this, right? Yep. All right, totally. good luck. Cool, Abishai, <laughs> take it away. Who's going to be the father to your child? <laughs> I don't think he's quitting, like, life. I think he's just quitting, <laughs> no. the, just quitting the podcast. <laughs> okay. I do really okay. have to pee, though. <laughs> and I, like, I, 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 cont- I stepped off screen for, like, like I don't even... <laughs> a second. <laughs> and I was like, man, should I actually go and pee? Then it, it's like, I should. And then it I got should... existential. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't even want to be around anymore. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's a lot of responsibility. So, okay, if we sound a little punchy, it's because we just, we just got done talking to Abishai in an episode that Josh, you got to tell me, is, is the interview coming out first, or is I this? I think it'll probably coming? already be out. Okay, so, so people you've already will, heard our introduction with Abishai. You heard how awesome yeah. our interview Which was. Which is why he's just a regular guy now. Yeah, he's yeah. just a regular yeah. guy, not just a special at all. He's the new Kylan. I'm fine with that. Yeah, look at this regular ass room. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, there's a bed. There's some curtains. Is that there's a box of gifts. chips Ahoy behind you? No, there's some baby gifts. Oh, baby gifts. Oh, okay, baby gifts. all regular stuff. Babies love chips ahoy. Yeah, they do. Abishai, you wanted here. advice? That's like, <laughs> babies love chips ahoy is the best <laughs> father advice I can give you. Oh, oh look at those cute. onesies. All right. Oh, those are great. Very cute. I feel like I'm Solid. at the baby shower. So, are we here to talk about August Babies Red? August Babies Red. <laughs> So we're going to talk about August Burns Red. That's yeah, a fun are. band. Uh, we're doing our <laughs> month of metal. I've decided. Woo! We did a month of metal last year. I think we're doing a more than one month, though, this year. We're, we're talking about a lot of metal. Metal. Uh, so for people that did not listen to Abishai's interview, Abishai, can you explain who you are very briefly? Good luck, buddy. I'm just a guy. You're just a guy? I'm just a guy. I play drums. There you go. Um, is that what you want me to say? Mm-hmm. I can't believe I have to walk you through this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just a guy. I don't know how to do this. I'm not a celebrity. You play you drums for? You gotta teach me. For what band? Z band. What are they called again? <laughs> Britney Spears. Richard. Britney Spears. Um, Project 69. <laughs> uh <laughs> August Burns uh, Red, I think. I, I don't know. <laughs> I currently play drums for a band called Wolves at the Gate and cool. part, sometimes Project 86. Cool. So uh, when I first contacted you, I basically told you like, hey, what are some records that you would have a really good time talking about? And you brought us Messengers by August Burns Red. And I'm really curious uh, why this record. This was the first record that I ever pre-ordered. 
with my own money. Oh, there nice. You go. I think this record came out 06 or 07. 07, yeah. 07. And their first record came out, Thrill Seeker. And that was a very like defining for, for me, like as a drummer, like when I heard that record um, in the metal world, that was like that brain explode. Well, I feel like they were just, they were huge in general for like Christian metal kids. Yeah. I think it was the first, yeah, the first band of that kind in the Christian genre. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd heard another band like that. And so when they announced that they were having that next record come out, I, me and our bass player, the overseer, like, we're like, oh, we got to get, we have to. That, and that was the first, yeah, that was the first record I ever pre-ordered. I don't think I've act- ever actually pre-ordered another record. It's the since only then. record. The only record. It might be, pre-ordered. it might be the only record I've ever pre-ordered. Wow. Wow. So this so, is like a big record, a big defining record for you. Yeah. Like, especially yeah early on drumming career this was huge and this was like back in the days when you pre-ordered a record and a lot of times they didn't ship like ahead of time and then like you like if you didn't get it in time you're just like oh i can't hear this music because it wasn't on streaming like you just were stuck like exactly yeah yeah. you were waiting for the physical cd you couldn't just like oh yeah we'll listen to it on spotify now like while i wait for this it's like you couldn't listen to it yeah so, yeah that, that happened to me with the anti-mother from norman jean but it took like a full week past its release date. it was like i wish i would have just oh. bought it at the store like it's there right now i could listen to it but i'm waiting for this to come in the mail that's exhausting so yeah yeah it's a real like crapshoot i feel like even now like especially with the vinyl like sometimes you'll get it early if you do a pre-order and then other times It'll be weeks, but at least like it's on streaming, Crazy. or they'll like email you the digital download or something like right. that. But this was right. it was a different age. It was the so Stone different, age. so different. Well, yeah, I think most cur- or like at a certain time, yeah, certain vinyls would come with that digital whatever QR code, and you could listen to it online. Right. Which it also counts as an additional stream for a band. Which I don't know if you knew that, but. As like really? additional like I think scan it counts like if you like buy like a sale like a, yeah for sound hmm. scans yeah if you buy a CD it just counts as one but I think a vinyl counts as two or three because it comes with like the digital oh, and they so they, they physically too. they physically count it yeah so it's it's really great when people buy vinyls from bands so nice that's super cool you heard it here folks. You heard it here from me. Don't quote me because I have no idea. I'm just a regular guy. <laughs> <laughs> Abishai, that, regular that's going to be the headline in absolutepunk.net. <laughs> regular guy, Abishai Collins, talks about sound. I hope so. That's all I am. Is, I'm just a regular guy. I don't want to be anything more than that. So I want to <laughs> hand it over to our beautiful producer, Josh, to give us a little history of, of this band, of August Burns Red. Uh, this is our first uh, ABR record we're covering, right? It is our first ABR record. Crazy. Yeah. It's the first record I think that we're covering with someone that's like toured with a band. Too. That's like so played this is pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah so that's, that's also really pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So, so Abishai, jump feel, in at any time. Yeah. Feel free yeah. to shut down any of Josh's quote unquote facts. Most of the time, I just throw in wrong stuff to see if Kylan or TJ will call me on it, and they never do. No, so no, no we don't. You actually can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The listeners do. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, all right, so I'll go over some 
Brief basic information about the band and the record. August Burns Red is originally from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Lancaster. Gosh. I th- oh, yeah. Lancaster. <laughs> okay. Wow. The first, the first thing I've done. He's done. He's done. I lost. All right. All right. Well, that's what I get. Good try, Josh. Lancaster. What is it? Lancaster? Lancaster. Yes. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. My bad. Their, uh, their careers from 2003 to present, they're still going and going very, very strong. I think they have a new record coming out. I think it'll be out by the time this episode is out, yeah. but it's coming out very soon from the time we're recording this. The members of the band at this time are Jake Lures on lead vocals, and this is his first release with the band, actually. And what's interesting is this is their third release and their third vocalist for their releases. They had an EP with one vocalist. Then they Mm -hmm. had thrill seeker with another vocalist and then that vocalist left. And then they did messengers with Jake and then he's been in the band ever since. And obviously it's working really well for them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And you got JB Brubaker on lead guitar. He's been in the band the whole time. Brant Rambler has been on rhythm guitar from the whole time. And then Dustin Davidson on bass. He also, this is his first record with the band and he's still in the band to this day. Hmm. And then of course, the drumming extraordinaire of Matt Griner, who is the founding member, has been in the band the entire time as well. Nice. This album was released June nineteenth of two thousand seven. So at the time of recording, it's seventeen. It's sixteen years old, or it's turning wow. sixteen years old. Actually, that's my bad. What's interesting is that because especially that you play with Project Eighty Six is that in two thousand seven and two thousand nine, August Burns Red and Project Eighty Six released albums on the same day as each other. So, wow. Rival Factions and Messengers released on June nineteenth of two thousand seven. Pick Fence Cartel and Constellations released on July fourteenth of two thousand nine. Same mm. day. Wow. Yeah, very interesting for the more you know. people like me out there <laughs> and no one else. <laughs> I'm shy. This is Josh's whole thing. He, I was like, this is like, so cool. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I was the great. guy that was like getting both those records on the same day. Then I'm like, oh, cool. I got Oxford <laughs> yeah. Red and Project 86 on the same day. This is their second album. You. Thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, this is obviously on Solid State Records. It was produced by Two Madsen, who's a Danish producer and musician. He's produced a lot of bands, but none I really recognize. So I'm assuming they're mostly heavy and European. (laughs) So I don't have anything else to add about him. He's got a very extensive Discogs credit list. What I will mention for credits, though, is that, and I will do this from now on at any point in the podcast, but credits for this record of A&R was John Dunn and mastered Mm. by Troy Glessner. Hey, we talked to them. We talked to them. Yeah, we did. We know them. We know them. Friends of the show. You can say friends of the friends show. I feel of like the that's, show. that's a podcast thing. I think they are, yeah. yeah. I would say they are at this point, you know? Definitely. Do you Good think times. they'd claim you as friends, though, if you asked them? When- no. No, not at all. They oh, don't okay. remember my name. I was just kidding. Neither like, of them who? remember my name. I guarantee you. But <laughs> <laughs> we will call them friends of the show. Well, we're calling them friends of the show. <laughs> exactly. They were I awesome. love that. I love that for you. <laughs> Abishai loves everything for us. <laughs> he does. He's just a regular guy. He's such He's an agreeable regular, regular guy. Regular guy, Abishai. What, what more can you ask? <laughs> it even rhymes. I want to say that Charts and Performance, this album charted and performed very well. It was number one on Billboard Christian and oh. number 81 on Billboard 200. So That's oh, wild. Big nice. record. Cool. Very big record. Good Obviously, that has some really big songs for them. Um, but only like some of their bigger songs, like Composure, Backburner, Truth of a Liar, but only Eclipse because of their newer stuff because August Burns Red is continuing to be extremely popular and has only 
So this was a very popular record, but I think it's only not their most popular because they have other subsequent popular records because they're just killing it, you know? Good for mm. them. So that Good wraps up my research. Cool. Thank you, Josh. I feel like I feel like I never I, I don't thank you enough for <laughs> doing the research. I feel like because oh, I'm always thanks. in the process of like moving things along. I just say, okay, that's great, and move on. But I, I do want to actually take a moment to like thank you for the amount of research. Oh, thanks. I enjoyed doing you it. Do. I hope I hope people out there enjoy it as well. Let's acknowledge Josh. Yeah, I, I would acknowledge Josh and thank him, but he mispronounced uh, Lan- Lan- Lancaster. Lancaster. I think <laughs> is what it's called. I'm pretty sure. All you guys. So yeah, Lancaster. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I want to know comparatively with like other August Burns Red records uh, for TJ and Josh specifically, but I guess also uh, our regular guest Abishai, where, where does messengers fall? Like now that they've like come out with a bunch of other records, like how do you feel about this record in general that you've toured with them? Yeah. Compared to like the rest of their discography. I'll go first because my answer is easy. August Burns Red this is going to be some heresy for most of the people listening to this episode, probably. But August Burns Red is August Burns Red is August Burns Red. They're great. I love them. And a lot of their stuff sounds the same to me. And I like it all. And I have a hard time distinguishing, to be honest. So <laughs> I get that. I liked this album. The little bit of it that I have listened to, I don't think I've heard it all the way through, to be honest. So somebody had to be that guy. It can't be regular guy. It can't be Josh. It can't be Kylan. So it's me. Why, why can't it guy. be me? Because TJ, I'm that guy with you. Whoa, really? I'm on the oh, same page wow. as you. Yes. I love August Burns Red. I this cannot tell surprise. you. I cannot tell you uh, the name of any song from this record what? <laughs> or okay, how, cool. how you differentiate it from any other August Burns Red song. Cool. Okay, great. <laughs> that makes me feel a lot better. All right. Okay. I'm in good company. All right. Right on. Indie Folk Boys Unite. <laughs> <laughs> Hurrah! <laughs> Abishai is very quiet. I feel like I've offended him. I don't. I don't want to be like, oh, me too, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I honestly, after Messengers came out, I think the next record is Constellations. Constellations, yeah. Correct. And that was to me, that was like fine. The record was like, yeah, cool, whatever. And after that, I just completely lost interest, right? Because it's the same thing. It growth but they found what they did and and they did it well right. and they just kept writing those same songs right. um it, it felt very like yeah monotone i guess hmm. they do it really good we lost you all right so regular guy abishai has disappeared y'all he's vanished from the pod okay so you were just in the middle of talking shit about august burns red <laughs> Yeah, they're just they they're just so bad. <laughs> no, I think I think they're a really really talented band and yeah, we we toured with them three times and they are absolutely perfect. Like they practice so much and they're all individually very very talented. But it it came to a point for me as like a listener, it got to it just never felt like there was something unique about their band. They just found what worked for them and they kind of stayed in lane. Stuck right. with Which it. is fine. I think there's they yeah, have yeah. A, they have enough of an audience, but for me personally, I just I kind of lost interest. Yeah. 
I get that. What about you, Josh? I mean, I'm curious as between me, TJ, and and you as the more metalhead of the three oh, of yeah, us. Like, what is sure. what is your? And I feel general... like you're definitely the biggest ABR fan. Like, yeah, yeah, I definitely, definitely am of the three of the maybe not the four of us, but of the three of us. Of the three of us, regular guys. Um, I'm just a regular guy. Just a regular guy. Yeah. So Messengers was my introduction to ABR. And so obviously, like, I have a lot of really fond memories of this record and jamming out to it. I actually like Constellations a little bit more. Hmm. So I that's, like, my favorite ABR record. Um, and then I kept following them all the way up until Rescue and Restore in 2013 was the last record that I like bought on the day it came out by them and listened to a lot like mm-hmm. that summer. And then like after that, like just like kind of my taste in music changed. Like I wasn't listening to as much heavy stuff around then. And yeah, I definitely did. Like I've made the joke before that every ABR song is the exact same. And like it's mostly like in jest, but there is like some truth to that to where it's right they are very similar and you know, that's like, that's fine. Like obviously their fan base really enjoys that. And there are still like, and I, yeah, like Abishai was saying, I have nothing but respect for them as technically as like musicians because they are unbelievable mm. musicians and seem like all super nice dudes. But yeah, like I was a fan from messengers to Res- rescue and restore constellations a lot more. Than cool. This record. Okay. This record, okay. I say it was my second favorite. Is your second favorite? Okay, so so the big question now, before uh, as we wrap up this part A, is flopper bot predictions. Do we think this record is going to flop or is it going to bop? So Abishai, I just want to clear up a little bit. Uh, we all have different flopper bot uh, criteria for for what makes an album a flopper or a bop. It could be strictly on musical ability it could be on vibe it could be on you know like for josh and i i think a big part of it is like do i see myself re-listening to this record at least like once a year and so i'm curious uh do you think this album is going to be a flop or a bop that's that's yeah it's hard to answer that so cut and dry because yeah musical change it's hard musical taste changes right but I, i i think i would listen to this record like once a year just yeah. for nostalgia purposes because sure. it's it's more personal for me like i said like it was the first record i ever really cared enough about to use my own it's money to order yeah it. and then once we had the opportunity to tour with them that like everything kind of came together I'm like oh this is a band that i really look up to and respect right um and that would be the only record that I would go back to of theirs to listen to. Like all the, the all the rest is, I, don't, I hate to say, it was kind of a wash to me. But right. like that record in, in particular, I would go back and listen listen to. I like that. Okay, so we got right, one. So that's a bop. prediction. Josh, can you go ahead and say? I mean, I think I know the answer, but yeah, I'll say it's a bop. Like okay. I'm gonna have fun. It's yeah, it's got a lot of nostalgia in it. With me, it's gonna remind me like of jam into this record in high school and I'm going to enjoy it for that reason and probably for some other reasons as well. Sweet. Okay, TJ, what do you think as our most ABR <laughs> skeptic or ABR <laughs> just agnostic? Just say just say it's a flop. <laughs> Gosh. I'm I'm just I'm just an average ABR, y'all. That's all I am. Um, average burns red. Yeah, average burns red is me. Um and I will averagely admit that it's going to flop because be, because I'm 
like I said, like so much of their discography is what it is. I like it fine. It doesn't move me. It doesn't blow my mind. I can respect and appreciate their technical skill and Mm -hmm. because it just doesn't land in certain ways that y'all know I care about to make a record a bop, I'm going to have to flop it. But I hope to be wrong. And that's right. the that's the other reason I kind of like preemptively predicting a flop for myself is because then you like if to I surprise end up yourself. liking it, right? And it's a pleasant surprise if I bop it. So we'll see. I get that. I get that. As opposed to me, who I feel like I have the most bop predictions to like flop final verdict assessments. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> cool. So okay. I yeah. Speaking of that, I think this is going to be a bop. I think it's going to be okay. Like I said, I I would. I don't know where this fits for me in terms of August Burns Red in general. I do remember really digging this album, but like I like I said, I can't name a single song. All their songs kind of sound the same to me. Hmm. But as we listen to this record over the next week, I feel like I'm I'm in the zone to like really really enjoy this. So I'm gonna predict a, a, a bop. Nice. So yeah, okay. I'm I'm excited about this. I'm excited about this. So we're going to take a break. It's going to be very short for the listeners, for us. Of course, it's going to be a week. We're going to listen to 2007's Messengers by August Burns Red, and we'll see you on the other side. With regular guy, Abishai. With regular guy, Abishai. <laughs> see you on the other side. I can't believe we didn't give Abishai a baby shower gift on behalf of Church Jams now. I know yeah, we should have. Well, I mean, she's not due till August, so that time. So but you know what? It, even though we don't have a gift, we do have a gift. Abishai, if you go to collidrecords.com <laughs> and type in church jams now, you will this get 20% off your purchase. <laughs> this is now officially oh, our man. ad Dude. for Collide. <laughs> Dude, that's a oh dream God. come true. That might be the best gift that anyone has ever given me. Oh, we did it, guys. Yeah. That's we the gift that you want to give me. <laughs> 20% off your first purchase is the gift that keeps on giving. Hey guys, this is Josh jumping into the edit to tell you just a little bit more about our sponsor today, Collide Records. We're talking about August Friends Red this episode, and I just wanted to tell you that they have tons of August Friends Red CDs and vinyls in stock. They've got multiple variants of what looks to be like the last couple August Friends Red records with tons of CDs in there and a couple of stuff on sale. So definitely go check it out. And since this is Abishai's episode, I have to bring up that they have Wolves at the Gate eulogies on vinyl, a double vinyl that is, in the Ember pressing. So if you want a double vinyl of Abishai going to town on the drums to spin that looks great, go to ClydeRecords.com and use the promo code CHURCHJAMSNOW to get 20% off your first order. Let's get back to the show. Abishai, well, uh, thanks for coming back again two weeks in a row. Appreciate it. Well, yeah, I mean, you kind of forced me to, so I mean, I have to. I did. It. I tricked you. I did trick you <laughs> asking you if you wanted to do it, and then I was like, surprise, it's, it's two, two times. nights. <laughs> Double header. I feel twice yeah. as special. Yeah, exactly. So, as welcome back, everybody. Hope you enjoyed those advertisements. Hope you enjoyed listening to our Ooh, voices more. Ads. Sell you stuff. Um. So, we're all back. Guys, Abishai is back. Uh, he didn't bail in between weeks of listening to August Burns Red. We, he isn't entirely sick of us yet. Uh, so thanks for thanks for coming back, Abishai. Yeah, I brought my co-pilot too. He's, oh, perfect. 
He turned his back on you guys, but that's fine. I get it. I would too. for the listeners. Is that a is that a werewolf? Is that a giant grizzly bear? What's it's happening? My, it's my emotional uh, support land seal. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> what's what's your land seal's name? Name Samson. Samson. Good name. Well, we will have name. to have Samson. That's a good weigh seal name on messengers. He's a, a pretty good doggo. Yeah. Heck yeah. Oh, he's a dog. Oh, it's a dog. I thought you I'm said it was not a, a land seal. seal. Okay. Yeah, with the land seal, aren't seals the dogs of the sea? Don't worry, Josh. We will cut all this. I've got notes. I've, I've got edit. I've got edit points. Perfect. <laughs> Are you not aware of the movement? Wait. This is the land seal movement, and it's real, and it's coming to a. I'm cutting a callback. Right, let's just start it over. Let's just burn it down and start you. over. Perfect. Welcome Don't back wait. to Church Jams now. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to keep all of that. <laughs> Depends on who edits yes. the episode. I'm just going to say that if anyone thinks that we just fake, that we do them weeks apart, you will notice a drastic difference in my voice. And yeah. I'm, you yeah. You sound a lot more like what sultry. Happened? Yeah. It's a yeah, little rough. Happened, we're doing this over Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Josh? Why are you sick? Dude, all this metal happened to me. I started just screaming oh, like Jake Lures, and it just blew my voice out, you know? There you go. Mm. You're screaming along in the car? Oh, yeah. You have to, right? <laughs> That's what you do. Yep. That is the correct way to listen. Yep. So I'm sure this will be really wonderful to listen to. So apologize to all you <laughs> listeners out there. You, if you speak like a little bit lower, um, it sounds kind of sexy. Josh already does sound pretty sexy. Yeah, I feel so, like you will have like a, I don't think like a James Earl Jones up. kind of vibe Ooh, for this. Uh, I have you now. now <laughs> exactly. Messengers, I am your father. <laughs> okay, let's dive into... 2007's Messengers. Oh, do you have any general thoughts about the album uh, before we go track by track? Does anybody have anything they want to say about it without giving your hand away? I want to say okay. that if TJ bops his record, I will be extremely surprised. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will put money that he flops it. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll take. Mm, I mean, I want to make this interesting. <laughs> you can't change your vote because there's money involved, TJ. That's, mm, that's the only crazy. thing I have to say is when we when we write demos, um, sometimes at the very end of a demo, it's just like ideas, and we call it the riff graveyard. Yeah, and some of these songs sound like a riff graveyard. That's great, <laughs> that's what yeah. I say. That's great. It's just like good. you know, part after part after part, and like no real uh, fluidity or cohesion. <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> How do we get from this section to this section? Like, it doesn't even need a transition. Let's just go into Let's it. Let's just do it. it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I had some questions about that throughout my notes. So, that's all, right. that's all I have to say. Riff Graveyard. Riff all Graveyard. Right. I like that. I like it. That goes with the artwork, I feel like. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, my only thing I had to say is last night, um, for any of our listeners that have listened to the Maylene episode, you know that my two year old daughter loves to play Mosh Pit. Mm <laughs> hmm. And so this week, I've been listening to this record with her playing Mosh Pit. She loves it, first off. Oh, incredible. Uh, Stone Cold Bop from Willow Savage. Two, she had a complete Perfect. meltdown last night because I, I, we had to stop playing Mosh Pit because it was like 11.30 and way past bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so we had to stop moshing and she like full on, like I'll probably post a video. I have her just melting down. I want to play mosh pit. Just actual (laughs) tears. I was like, that is metal as fuck, dude. I get it. (laughs) It is. So, hey guys, let's start. Track number one, Truth of a Liar. a strong start it is a strong start it is what i like to classify as pirate metal <laughs> that's like the vibe yes. i get from this intro there's a lot more like of that on this record arg. yeah like that first consonant was like arg. there's something about that swingy like it sounds like the pirates of the caribbean score yeah I'm sure there's another song on here that I can't wait to get to because I know that has a more piratey part. So that'll be fun. There were some pirate parts I was here <laughs> for. A lot. Right into the next section. Yeah. Okay. So, Abishawi, you were saying before we started, that's like my biggest note on this song is like, I think there are too many ideas. Like, I like a little more groove, but it's just like, okay, here's like 45 seconds of this idea. And then here's like a minute and a half of this idea and then a minute of this idea. And I'm just like, I'm left with a little bit of whiplash and it makes it, it makes a four minute song feel like a 12 minute song to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Kyle, and I gotta, I gotta give you props for bringing that up in the first song <laughs> because we talked about this during our Anathella episode and, and you said something very similar many times. You referenced that as an issue for that album. Correct. Uh, no spoilers, but that was just something you mentioned. Yeah. And so listening to this album, I was like, Kylan better be consistent because this is... <laughs> yeah, like, no, I had the same maybe problem. Maybe more ADD. Uh, for sure. And I love... I, I just really appreciate that that was like... That's one of the first things you're 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 bringing to the table. Yeah, with your notes, I was like, "Hey, yes. I didn't just shit on the Anathala record like just because." No, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, because I had the same listening experience. I was like, "This is jarring and like whiplashy." Yeah. So, I will say in this riff too, this was the first riff I think our band listened to where the ba- like the bass player is actually playing every note of the riff. Wow. And it was like, oh, That's impressive. Bass, bass players can actually should play like can, riffs. Yeah. <laughs> they can shred, yeah. That's really cool. Don't, don't have to hold the root note down the whole time? No. Yeah, especially like in metal because usually the guitars are super busy. Right. And bass, mm-hmm. bass players kind of hold the fort down. And I remember hearing some of these really, really fast riffs and the bass is playing everything. Yeah. That's so cool. There's definitely some sweet, sweet bass on this record. I would like to ask the only professional musician among us, um, when you're, since we have one here, uh, <laughs> when you're writing a song and you run into that issue of, yeah, it's, it's for the Samson. listeners, he turned and looked at his land seal. <laughs> I, just, I need people to, to appreciate the comedic timing that Abishai brings to us. Yes. So when you have a riff graveyard going on of a song, like what is it that you do to bring that connective tissue in? Are you doing mm-hmm. like, more guitar parts or are you doing like drum part like what what is like the the secret sauce that blends those together when you have like riff a 
riff B, riff C, but you need something to get in between all those. Like what? Damn it, Josh. What are your go-tos or what? Or <laughs> how do you do that? I had, because I stopped writing notes after like the fifth song. And so then all the rest of my notes, this was the first question I was going to ask oh, to keep the conversation is. going like an hour into this. <laughs> well, We're we doing can it wait. now. We can wait. <laughs> no, it's fine. That's no, no, amazing. no. I'm curious. I want to know. No, I don't, I don't think there's necessarily like a formula is the thing. It's, it's each song has a different, like different moments you can tie in together, which we're learning with, you know, like some of these songs, it's like, there's nothing that really ties one riff to the next riff. It just kind of has this quick jarring transition and then boom, you're into the next thing. And so sometimes usually with like in our demo, like if it's a riff graveyard, it's because it's kind of the leftover that didn't make the cut because it didn't fit in with the rest of the song. Like there was nothing that could tie them together. Or if we're, if we're stuck on a part, we're like, oh, we really want to have something here and what we have isn't really working. Maybe we can sift through ideas we've already had and like see if they can fit or how we can make them fit. But that's all a part of it because I think transitions are, or like can be tricky because you're like, mm. oh, these two parts are really cool. Do they belong in the same song? Right. Right. And sometimes they, Sometimes they just don't fit. And then sometimes people try to force it. It's like puzzle pieces. You're like, that clearly doesn't work, but I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to make it, I'm going to make it fit. Like, cause, cause I really like these two riffs and I want them to be in the same song. So I'm going to make them. You couldn't find the corner piece. So you just subbed one in. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you, you took, you took a puzzle piece and you start, you start cutting the ends off to make it a corner. And like, you're like that's clearly not a corner piece, and you're like, well, I'm, I just made it a corner piece, so it's gonna care. be now. <laughs> but yeah, for for us, I think gr- the graveyard ends up being like unused riffs, and maybe they like later on down the road, if we're trying to write a new song, it's like, oh, I really, you know, I came back to this one riff that was really cool that just didn't work for this song. It's still it's still a really cool riff. We want to use it, so let's just throw it into the next session um, to see if it's a usable part. Right. Yeah. Very cool. That is very cool. Do we have anything else about track one, Truth of a Liar? I liked it. You liked it, TJ. <laughs> TJ, that's I want to about that. Oh, that's it? Yeah. That's all. <laughs> okay, cool. I like the song, too. Uh, I like the part where... Uh, he says the truth hurts. He says that three times, but then like the fourth time he's like, but denial is what will kill you. And I'm like, mm. that's a good part. Like there's a lot of like, lyrically we'll get into more stuff like that. Whereas like, <laughs> yeah, sometimes lyrically there's not a lot of stuff that stands out, but every now and then you get a, a good part that stands out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I like that part, but also musically that, that is a very memorable moment musically and lyrically in this song. And there's a good amount of that on this record. I agree. Guys, yeah. is this the shortest amount of time we've ever spent on a track one? Maybe I think so. I mean, I have, yeah, I only have a few other things, but I I feel like throughout this whole record, I realize it's made up of really cool moments, but Mm -hmm. maybe maybe not necessarily the song as a whole. Like I wrote down a few things, like I remember like hearing these songs for the first time with like the band that I played in. We're like, oh, that's really cool. Like, oh, we should try Mm -hmm. to do something like that. 
And one of the ones that stick out is there's a, a bass slide in like the second beat of a breakdown. Or maybe it's, yeah, it's mm. like in the middle of like, it's like, but to do it, to do Bob, like there's oh, moments like cool. that where like, you're like, Oh, I've never heard someone do that. Usually like right. it's a slide into something. So board. to do it in the middle, to do it in the middle of it, um, is, was really cool. And, and this is one that had like a few odd time signatures. I think there's like a, yeah, like a 12, like one of the breakdowns is like 12, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, it almost feels like it's three bars of four and it cuts short and then it repeats mm-hmm. instead of, um, so like just little moments that we were like, Oh, like what, what about this song is cool that we like and how can we try to incorporate some of these ideas into music that we write? But right. Right. Okay. Well guys, let's move on to track number two up against the ropes. I have a joke for you. You do? I do. Let's hear it. Why does Matt Griner love water parks? I don't know, Josh. Why? Because there's a splash zone. <laughs> Man, dude dude loves his splash symbol. Yeah, splash in China, dude. Yeah, yeah. truly. <laughs> that was really good, Josh. Thanks. I'm very proud of you for that. Thanks. <laughs> I just noticed like in the first 20 seconds of the song, he's just like <laughs> on that splash symbol yeah, back and forth <laughs> i like to think that lyrically this is from the perspective of an empathetic mma fighter <laughs> <laughs> that's really this good. Is pushed up against the ropes you wouldn't last another round i never wished for you to suffer like this you would not listen pushed up against the ropes you wouldn't last another round like <laughs> I feel like it's a dude beating the shit out of another dude in the octagon. It's like, I'm sorry. Really like, about I it. tried to tell you. <laughs> I love that interpretation. It has to be. I don't, it can't be anything else, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Man. I love the guitar line here. For listeners, we're all just jamming out. So Yeah, we are. <laughs> I do remember. Great, great radio. At like 219. Um, they go into this like really discordant riff or whatever. And I remember like, I was pretty fresh into guitar my first year of college. And I was like, mm-hmm. I asked Kylan, I was like, Kylan, we listened to ABR one day. And I was like, do you know how they do that? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And like, and then we just like, we were like playing Delser one day and I just like found out how you do that. And it's like, just basically doing like doing a tritone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you call, what did you call that note or that chord that like really dissonant? Did you have a name for it? I I don't know. I just always think of it as like the Norma Jean thing. I just would always just call it yeah. the Norma Jean yeah. thing. <laughs> this this part right here. We always yeah. called them mud cords. Mud cords. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's good. Like mud that. cord. I don't know why. Yeah, it was like it was like oh, let's put a mud cord on that. But I think that section was really cool to me because I remember it being, yeah, that it's in like seven, eight, but then the drums do four, four on top of it. Mm -hmm. So like every other pass 
the one is the snare, even though it's the drums are straight. I always thought that was cool. That's crazy. I love having a drummer on for this record. I know that's exactly the kind of perspective we needed. Cause this is like at a certain point, I just like, I couldn't take more specific notes because it just sort of like, I don't know. August Burns Red has this thing where they're like, they're super technical but it's hard to like connect to all these things. And I just kind of let it wash over me at a certain point. You know what I mean? I'm just yep. like, it's this just kind of wall of sound. I just kind of let it be, uh, especially because all the songs are so long. They're too <laughs> long. They're so long in so many parts. Exactly. So many parts. There's so many parts. It's like, yeah, by the end of this record, I was like starting to have ear fatigue. I was like, yeah, some of the songs I wasn't I wasn't getting as specific because I was just like, "Have I heard this? Didn't this song right. already play?" Yeah, exactly. Like I went, like I was listening again this morning, and a song started playing. I got like two minutes in. I don't remember which song. And then I went, and I'm still listening in my ears. I go for my daughter. I go change her diaper. I go get her a cup <laughs> of milk. I sit back down on the couch, and I'm like, "Okay, oh gosh, I missed. I gotta write my notes." And I was like, oh, no, it's still the same song. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> and if all of y'all are having like ear fatigue or metal fatigue, can you just imagine what the least metal of us? Yeah. You're probably in like a metal wonderland right now. You're like, this is wonderful. I love yeah. this. Like you're just in your own world. Just, it's, just I don't know how, much you, how much you like it's the Anathalo kind of record. World. And of, yeah, kind of, of just like. All the different parts. I thought I would, you would love that. Are you going to be it's, consistent? It's similar. <laughs> it's similar in the sense that I'm floating upside down, and all the blood is rushing to my head, <laughs> and I'm very discombobulated. I I will say though, like, as some, rhythm is definitely not my strong suit in music. So like, I have major respect to the rhythm section of the band, which is honestly most of the band. chops. Yes. But just like, and like how they're all staying in time with all the staccato parts, but also how they like remember how many like hits is each part. Like that's the thing for me, like with this kind of music, I would just have such a hard time remembering like, which part is this the next part now again? Like, cause all the songs are, yeah. I know they're different when you're like creating them and crafting them. I'm sure like they're a lot more personal and you like know how each part goes. But like if I had to just come in, like if I was just like a fill in, if I had to fill in for Brent one day, I was like, I wouldn't remember which part was which. Like, is this the part where I hit the, the dun dun dun, or do the dun dun dun? Like, I gosh, you doing mud, it again? This was, this was another <laughs> note I had for Abishai later on. I in the record, looked at your notes was... actually, and oh yeah, <laughs> you are, I re- you, I'm reading just... them backwards actually. <laughs> yeah, so Abishai, I, I I am actually like personally curious about that. Like, and specifically, like in a super like when you're doing super technical music. It's a two-part question. Uh, one, like, how do you keep track of, like, all these different parts? Are you, like, counting consistently? And then specifically, like, when you're on stage, uh, what kind of mix do you have in your ears to be able to, like, keep track of, of everything? Yeah, so, some parts I have to count out. But that's that's only for, like, weird timing parts or parts that, like, aren't don't feel natural to play. Right. Kind of like, like, all right, this is unnatural. So, okay, this one turns around a little bit earlier or it's not in four. And then for the longest time, like I'm, I'm a crazy person. I literally just had um, click and tracks in my ear. And then I had a floor like monitor, like a wedge just with guitars in it. 
Wow. Not not by choice, but that's how it worked out. Until just recently, Wolves like actually invested to a full like in-ear rig. So now I can have a full mix with everything, nice. which is sick. But for years, even with previous bands, they didn't have like a full setup and we didn't have like an audio, you know, nerd in the band. So if we were playing tracks, it was just track panned one way and click panned the other. Wow. And then it's so no in my, levels. in my wow. nothing. Yeah. So in my ears, all I heard was click and tracks. And then I would put, I would pull one, one headphone like halfway out and put guitars in the, the monitor Seems just so I could like have edge. a reference. But that, that's not by choice. And yeah, I looking back on it, I'm like that. That sounds awful to <laughs> yeah. to, yeah, to play terrible. that way for so long. It's not, like it's it was one of those things that like I guess as a drummer it was like everyone else is going to follow me. So if I get off, we're all off. So if I just have a click and I can just focus on playing the song, you know, in time and, and correct with with the track like are pushing in the front of house, then everyone else will just follow me. Right. So I just needed to make sure that I was staying on to that. And if I had other, if I had vocals and guitars and for some reason they got a little off and I started following that, then, you know, tracks would get off or whatever. So it did feel like at times, I remember certain shows just, it's not, it's not as fun. Like you couldn't get into it because it felt robotic. Right. right. It's like, oh, I can't enjoy this or have fun. I just have to make sure I play to this. Yeah, you're a machine. Yeah. You're just like keeping things moving forward. Yeah, I'm just yeah keeping time for the rest of the band because they they don't hear the track or the click. Right. Um, so it's like if if I don't play in time, nobody plays in time. So that's that's a lot of like self confidence. Put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah, to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's impressive. I don't know. I don't know how you. Do how many it. times did it go sideways on you? Like what percentage was it? Like it um, honestly, like there was only a few moments. Okay, so this is, I remember the very first show I played with Wolves at the Gate, we, I think I told you guys about it last time, we had one day of rehearsal, and that right. first day started the next yeah. day, and everything was good, and Steve went to go change something in the session for the show, and I think, I think the whole, yeah, the whole show was in one session, and all the tracks were on one uh yeah all of the yeah guitar tracks whatever were on one track and the click was on a separate track for the whole for the whole set mm -hmm. and for whatever reason the entire uh track that had the clicked on it got bumped like oh, no, got literally no. literally the entire the the whole thing so i went to start the show and it was like one two three four oh, but yeah. like the click oh, was off from the count. Hurts. And so I like looked over with this panicked look and I just looked at Steve and I was like, it's, it's off. Like, I don't know what to do. And so I tried it again and I was like, I guess I'm just going to click. I'm just going to click it, it off and just play without the tracks. Unfortunately, oh, <laughs> like I, I had practiced, I felt like I had no, like I knew the songs enough. I, and I was thinking I was right. operating on partly adrenaline because I was panicking because the show was like, it was like a, a sold out show. I I mean, I, it was in Dallas, Texas. I think, I mean, it was like a small club, maybe like 600 people. But that was my first show with them. And I'm just 
looking around. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Oh god! Because <laughs> because these aren't gonna be on, and like I didn't know what they were expecting of me too. So now I I, I feel like they're looking at me like, what did you do to mess this up? Yeah. Oh no. Oh, That's yeah. So we played through the first song, and then I go to the second song and try to try to play it, and it's the same issue. That's when I realized it was the entire oh, session god. was just oh, nudged a little bit, and I was like, what a nightmare. Oh god. Steve was just like. I'll do this. If he can handle this, he's our drummer. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think he, I think he, uh, yeah, he sabotaged me on purpose. He's like, I'm going to put him to the test. On the you right show. to we'll the see. occasion. Yeah. Yeah. We'll That's see. Great. We'll see what he, what he has. How thick is your skin, boy? You proved your metal. <laughs> yeah. We still talk about that a lot, but. That's so good. That's such a good story. That was way better than whatever other nonsense I had about this song. <laughs> um, so do we have any other notes on up against the ropes? I don't think so. Cool. All right, let's move on to track number three, Backburner. This is the ultimate, or one of the ultimate air drumming songs. I remember when I first heard the song. (laughs) This is one of my favorites. There's the pirate metal. There's the, the pirate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the, yeah. that's the most piratey on this record, I think. I also love when things sound super brutal, but then lyrically he's saying, like, smile because you've got it all. And I get it. It's like a sarcastic kind of thing, but it's really funny when you hear words like smile or Jesus. <laughs> like at face value. And it's like a dude kind of that's like... just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I always love that. <laughs> That's good. I like that. But this is where I started to have problems lyrically. Oh, yep. And it's just sort of like, and to be honest, I've listened to this record a ton and I've never had any idea what the hell he's saying, like ever, (laughs) because it doesn't matter to me usually. But, uh, you know, doing this show, I try to be like a little more like critical and do these types of listens. Oh, is also, is that the first pinch harmonic on the record? Uh, I think so. Yeah. It was the first one I, I heard. So I just had to point that out at like one, ton, 119. Okay, so I feel like a lot of these lyrics, like there are one or two really good ideas in there lyrically. Yep. But then I feel like a lot of the rest of the songs are just sort of filled with commonly heard phrases or like very yeah. like senior in high school, like English lit kind of language. It's yeah. not as bad as Norma Jean was or or Josh Scoggin is in general. Right. That was my other little note. At 202, that little breakdown before this big breakdown where he's playing on the bells is one of my favorite little moments little breakdown on the record. before the big yeah, breakdown. It's a great, the, yeah, it's a great spot. the pre-breakdown. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite moments on this whole record. Hold on, I'm going to back it up and listen to that again. And with that that's talking so happening over it, yeah, it's that's like so very, good. Like Norma Jean, "Me Without You," like it, it kind of evokes that it, it's of a time, you know, like right? Because like like classic metal, you didn't ever have that kind of a moment where it's like spoken word in the middle of a right. I love those moments though. Like I love that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's cool. 
it was a nice break in the dynamic, mm-hmm. like the vocal dynamic. Yeah, because there's not a ton of dynamic. vocal dynamics happening here. Exactly. So I, I was, just... my ears were like, oh, cool, he's talking. <laughs> this is nice. Yeah, I picked up on <laughs> all those can... moments too. Any moment where he wasn't screaming, so if he was talking or yelling, I, I dis- there's a distinction yeah. between screaming and yelling. And, and there's yelling, a few yes. moments where he just kind of yells, and I like those. Yeah, I like those too. Um, okay, oh, just real quick, to go to just finish my, my earlier point, um, yes. I don't know. It just feels like a lot of like, I don't know, like none of the songs feel like cohesive lyrically. Like they'll start with an idea and then they'll go off in a million different other directions, much like the music. Um, right. Cause the song is called Backburner, And then by the end of the song, he's saying slipping on the ice again, you've Slip become so ice. cold. Yeah. I'm just like, the what? The metaphors like, what? get real mixed. Like, what are you talking all about? All across this album. And it's a little frustrating because it's hard to follow. It's hard to like respect or appreciate the idea in the song and, and right. engage with it. You you want to. You want to. Like you want right. to like go on the journey with with them. And then when they go a million different directions, it's it is similar to the sonic whiplash. It's like lyrical whiplash. Exactly. Like, like I wish they would just take one doing? of those ideas and just expand on it instead of just like here's a million things that like kind of sound cool. <laughs> but, right. Um. Can you play the in part? Okay, so I need I need y- y'all's opinion. There's a, okay. a moment. I think it's like three oh nine. It, it cuts mm-hmm. out for a second, and there's someone who says something. And for the longest time, we we all thought it. He says, "Oh shit!" Right before the last breakdown, <laughs> but we don't we don't know what he's actually saying. It's very quiet. It's like okay, okay, it, yeah. It's like bump bump. Okay, cool. And then I'm there's gonna... a there's a voice. Sweet. All right, I'm gonna see if you can hear. Up. I think it. It's a at 3.09, yeah. Okay, so I'll back up. I'll start at 3.05. I'm going to turn it up a little bit in y'all's ears. Just heads up, everybody. I heard it. 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 That's what I heard, but, too. But are we all hearing that because Abishai Because said you said that. it? I know. You should have asked so that's, us what we, what we thought before you told us. I remember, he, like, I don't know who caught it the first time, but we've thought for the the longest time, I was like, he says, oh, shit, and he, you know, going to the last breakdown. It's, I mean, so it doesn't make like sense. I'm just hearing it in know. my right ear. Hold on. I'm I thought play I heard one. some like reverse effect on it. So maybe it's yeah. like a, I'm gonna a play back masking situation. Like, yeah, because like the symbols are like coming in, right? It's like, uh, is it mm-hmm. they got reversing with the symbols fading in and something? Interesting. Yeah. Maybe he's just saying, oh, and then the symbols are going, shh. <laughs> <laughs> The symbols are the, Possibly. Are the, with the sailor's mouths. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Man. I, like, I hear it. I though. like to think. I like to think that's what he's saying. I think it's pretty funny. Just, but like, uh, just, to, just to bury that. Just to bur- like, it's like, yeah. oh, there's a big breakdown. Let's bury right. this right. Little Easter egg. They're like, we'll yeah. put yeah. this in there. We'll see if anyone at Tooth and Nail catches it before they send it out to a family <laughs> Christian bookstore. That's right. like exactly uh, the what is it? The Kingsman with Louis Louis, where it sounds like he says "fuck" on the mic, like right when the song starts. There's a long history of hiding hiding bad words and uh, songs. I love it. That was, that was a good keeping catch, the right? tradition alive. Just a little air candy. Just a little air candies. Yeah. This was another one that, that that last breakdown. I remember when they played it live for the first time. Uh, Matt Griner like would add little things in the spaces, and it's still every time I hear like listen to the record, I hear those parts. All the little extra oh, parts. Yeah. Yeah, just like dun 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 dun
just Tyler, really can groovy. You that audio and just like turn that yeah. into a groove. Bum, bum. Four bars at ba-da, least. Dum, bum, sure. No, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add that vocal part to our theme song. Oh, perfect. That's going to be the very end of our theme song now. It's just going to be Abishai doing that. Maltrum. For these episodes, for sure. That's the best. Okay. Do we have anything else on back burner? I feel honored. Good. You should. Yes. It is quite an honor. So. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Let's move on to track number four, The Blinding Light. Uh, fun fact for you guys. Uh, even though everyone thinks everyone knows the Manfred Mann's Earth Band version of this, the song was actually written by Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> that was a joke, literally oh. just for Josh. That was just for Josh. Oh. <laughs> I wrote that, and I was like, Josh is gonna love this. I was like, Manfred Mann, Man, what's coming? <gasps> what if it no, was, a, of course, what blinded if it was by the light? Blinded by the light cover. It would be great if it was. That would be so great. Just like randomly shuffled into this album. <laughs> I always ask TJ this, but anyone can weigh in as I'm y'all are all drummers and I'm not, but are these songs all kind of around the same tempo? I think there are a lot that are, they felt samey. Yeah. Yeah, Same with the guitar tuning too. Like Like they're all fast. It's just varied levels of how fast they are. Right. Right. Like this part is slow, slow, Josh. This is the slow part. (laughs) part, It's so slow. It's called a break. Breakup, I think, is what they a call breakup. it. it yeah, hurts. This isn't like fast. This is slow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the this is the first song that came on when I, I like I was like, have, didn't this song already play? Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the very fir- the very first riff like just oddly sounds so familiar already. Right. Yep. Although I will say this one I think might be my favorite on the album because there's like this kind of really. Focused, clean guitar, cleanish guitar. I was gonna say happening the clean guitar with a melodic tone. aspect that mm-hmm. my ear can hook into and follow, and it it takes me on a sonic journey that that I can appreciate and engage, engage with, um, yeah. and then that helped me sort of hook into the lyrics as well. And that was the first time that I was able to do that on this album. Um, yeah, like some of these guitar parts, like if you had musical and lyrical, were hitting for me. If you had like clean vocals, this could be like this era, like more of that like under oathy like pop kind of right. stuff. Like this, yeah. There's something that yes. like it's not just brutal. It gets really kind of melodic, kind of leaning into like screaming. Yeah, hey, there's a chord progression. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Riff graveyard, dude. This was another yeah. one for sure. Yeah, because like I love. Uh, I said at three minutes, so it's coming up in just a little bit. At three minutes, they do this groove that I really love. But I just wish they kept it longer. Uh, yes. It's not this part. This Me is a, still the intro. But they, they go into this groove in just a little bit that I super love. Is it that 3-4? Is, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Because this is a bunch of like groupings of three. I think like right. r- the riff is in nine. But then I think the part that you're talking about, it's like a 3-4 riff. But the drums, they, yeah. it's another one of those ones where it's like the time signatures against themselves i guess right. drums are in an even time over the three yeah over the riff i think it's coming i think it's yeah. it's it's right after this build it's like it, it's a three four but the drums stay straight 
Oh, yes. Another pinch harmonic. I do love the pinch harmonics. I just can't. I it's too much math for me. <laughs> it's a lot of math. <laughs> it's too much math. I can't count to three. <laughs> I can't count to Got three him. over and over and over again while other Got people him. are like yelling in your Got ear. Yeah. You should you should have your two year old teach you how to count to three, bro. <laughs> she can. She can count to fifteen, so Dang. So yeah, we're nice. gonna do some dream theater stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's real good. TJ, I'm with you. I like this song a lot too. Like this one had a lot of good parts in it and like Right. Like I was mop bopping while I was like unloading the dishwasher and like I was nice. like this one caught my attention. Like, oh yeah, I like this one. Because obviously I know like composure's coming up next. I was like, yeah, let's just get to composure. But then this right. happened. I was like, ooh, I like this one a lot too. Took you by surprise. Yeah. yeah. And I felt like this cool. was a good spot for a five minute song. It was track four, not maybe track two of Up Against the Ropes. Right. Mm. Yep. Still, it was really long. Okay. But it was kind of at this point that I just like gave in. I was like, all right, we're just, we're just doing, we're doing the metal thing. That's what we're doing. So, yep. uh, yeah, my notes get also, a lot. Until 11th hour. I was sorry. Do know the band still remains? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this song was one that I was like, because I was kind of into Still Remains for, for a minute. And, and like this song reminded me of some of their stuff um, where it's just kind of brutal driving and a little longish. Like a lot of their songs felt like metal ballads kind of like a lot right. of their songs. And this one felt like it fell in that category as well, um, which I think is why I liked it. Cause it was like taking me back to my, my still remains days when I was a metal kid for two seconds <laughs> for two seconds yeah two just two you aren't you count them can you count two Kyle? you were counting those so yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god Got it. Uber All right. i do have a lyric note on this song <laughs> good because he says <laughs> they were born with the silverware clenched in their teeth which i'm like is this like a play on like born with a silver spoon silver now? spoon yeah right right okay but so you know that phrase, quite but get you the don't metaphor you don't know the phrase your dance card is full <laughs> well i do now they're both, yeah, I think that it is a play on that silver spoon, but it's metal, yeah. so you got to clench it in your teeth. So, yeah, silverware. It. It's silver more spoon. poetic, but, me- but metal. <laughs> more poetic, but metal. Yeah, yes. I didn't quite Poet- get how, the, how the metaphor w- worked with the rest of the song lyrically. That's why I was like, it doesn't. Is that what that's he's the doing? thing. Okay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. I don't think it does. That's why I was confused about it. Yeah. I think it's it just has to be clever. That. Yeah, just yeah, like this, it, it is just clever. has to be clever, like witty little. It's um, yeah, it's almost like quotes that are very familiar, but you kind of rearrange them a bit to make it like more unique or right. personal. But it's still like when you hear it, you're like, oh, that that feels familiar to me. Yeah, I'm gonna do after this. I'm gonna go on Chat GPT and see if <laughs> Chat GPT can write some metal <laughs> lyrics for me. Compare it to. August yeah, Red. exactly. You guys trust robots? Sometimes. <laughs> Implicitly. All right. Chad GPT. Names for a metal song about Patreon and the style of August Burns Red. Sorry, I'm just doing this now so I don't forget. Okay, this is pretty good. Chad GPT is saying, I wrote, I said, write lyrics for a metal song about Patreon and church jams now in the style of August Burns Red. Our passion fuels the fire. 
to create, to inspire. But the industry's a mess. We need a way to progress. Enter Patreon, our savior, a platform for our labor. Supporters join our cause, our music, their applause. Wait, was that a lost verse from Composer? Is that in the Lyric Graveyard? <laughs> That's in the I Lyric Graveyard. The Lyric Graveyard, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it rhymes too much. It can't be a real metal song. A- AI doesn't That's understand true. metal. Um, so let's move on to track number five, Composure. So was this the big song? The big on the record? on this record. One of the, well, yeah, one of the bi- one of the big ones, I would say. Cool. I wasn't aware of that, but uh, I love this song. This might be my so favorite good. song. It's probably basic, but it's my favorite song on the record. I remember trying to learn this specific drum part, and then I ended up writing a different drum part, and that was like, I don't know if it was the overseer or the band before the overseer, and the ha- this song started like that. Yeah, the thesis. Exactly. You remember. I feel honored. You want an autograph? Um. I do. I do. I, I do have I have a, the thesis sticker somewhere. So. Oh, God. That was such a, it was such a rough band name for people with lisps, though. The thesis? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so you tried to learn this song, and you ended up writing another song. Yeah, I, I was trying to learn it. I spent, like a lot of time trying to learn it and I, I couldn't figure it out, but, but in my, yeah, I ended up something else was birthed, which is, uh, it ended up being a really cool part that I really liked. And, uh, a song started that way. It was like a really, uh, like energetic intro. And I don't think anybody, uh, I don't think anybody is like, listened to it. Like, Oh man, it's got ripped off. August Burns Red, I hope not. But <laughs> it, it was like a cool enough part kind of resembled that That's cool. um, intro a bit. Yeah. Hey, no judgment. That's Josh cool. and I started a band that the entire band ripped off Maylene and the Sons of Disaster. That was our whole so, thing. That yeah. was. Yeah. So. I like to think of all of this as homage, you know? Yeah. <laughs> three, five, six, right? Open three, five, six. That's all oh, Maylene like, was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. That was our whole thing. It's one hundred percent every song we wrote. <laughs> that was what well, it was. Uh, Kellen McGregor coined us the best, or just a mailing cover band, best mailing mm-hmm. cover band in Texas. It's true. Love that. That was us. I loved when he yelled in this song. This this song in, in general, I feel like, because I I do remember this song. This felt like a big, you know. August Burns Red obviously wasn't like the first Christian metal band by like a long shot, but at least for me, like it felt like this song in particular getting the amount of exposure that it did. Uh, I feel like with a specific type of metal fan and like metal fandom, Mm. I feel like brought a level of legitimacy to quote unquote Christian metal. You know what I mean? Because then I feel like for the next like five years after this, most of the like super heavy bands that you would go see live, like at least one of the bands on the lineup was like a Christian band. You know what I mean? So it felt yeah, like a really right. big moment for 
that culturally of like, oh, hey, we can be Christian and we can like, we can shred. get fucking heavy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we can shred. Yeah. <laughs> We're Christian and we shred. <laughs> no big deal. We shred because he bled. <laughs> is That's that good? Is, is that, that going on the next Wolves at the Gate record? It should. I'm like reading. Yeah, I'm gonna put it in the lyric graveyard. In the lyric graveyard. Perfect. Yeah. I'll go dig around for it in the bones. We rock because he was the rock. <laughs> No, Striper already did that. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that's Striper. <laughs> yeah, that's Stryper a Striper reference. You sound like my old youth pastor. Rock for the rock, dude. Rock Jam for that. Rock. Literally is a rock, Striper. Rock. <laughs> I'm not joking. It is rocking yeah. for the one that is the rock. Yeah, yes. rocky. Yeah. Yep. Striper already did it, man. <laughs> they did it. They did it in like '86. Yeah. Just like, just like Taylor Swift didn't know that August Burns Red already did "Shake It Off." That's true. <laughs> it's the opening lyric on this song, and she ripped it off seven years later, yeah. y'all. She did. Really? Was that what that lawsuit was about? I know there was a lawsuit so. about Shake It Off. Yeah, pretty sure. Swift versus August Burns Red. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good song. I liked it. It was my favorite. It was my favorite. Yeah, I was thinking this is like a parallel to our Bless the Murder episode where it's like a lot of the songs kind of just are doing their own thing, but this one like feels very like... And maybe it's just because we've heard it the most, kind of like a Memphis will be laid to waste thing. But right. this one feels like it has the most cohesion and direction and like start like start to finish because it like crescendos really well at the end. It has a lot mm-hmm. of really memorable parts, like the more and more your demeanor looks like quicksand, which I don't know what that means, but it sounds awesome. <laughs> it means your demeanor is sinking. Oh, that's good. The there you go. I don't. Right. I don't know. No, no, I don't no know that, that works. Means. I like that. I like that. That's really good. No, we're just going to defer to you as an expert yep. in in everything. That's why you're on this episode. That's why you picked this re- record. Yeah, because you're the expert on it. <laughs> oh, Josh, buddy, you sounded so sexy at the beginning, and now you sound like you're dying. I'm losing. I'm sorry. It. Yep. Are you okay? I have to get more tea. We're <laughs> gonna have to go find Josh in the graveyard later. Leave me in the lyric graveyard, yeah. guys. <laughs> All right, we got anything else for composure? We're like not even. Are we halfway through this record? No, I think that might be halfway. Yeah. I think yeah. after this, it'll go really quickly. Well, if the last song was in eighteen, however many minutes long, it would be. So let's move but, on yeah. to wait, track number. I, oh, oh, sorry. Okay, oh, sorry. TJ does. Sorry. TJ, you go first. I, I was just gonna say lyrically, work. this one I, I appreciate it, even if I don't know if it totally lands the plane. Um, I like it because it's it feels like an, a really encouraging and like hopeful message. Um, I like that a lot. Obviously it's, you know, kind of talking around suicide um, and like self-harm and that kind of stuff. So um, the, the really encouraging tone of the song and the way kind of like you said, Josh, like musically, musically it crescendos really well. And it also like gets very hopeful um, and encouraging. And I just, I really appreciated that about it. And it didn't feel too like campy and like hokey and, some of the ways the other songs did that were kind of like you said, Callan, just like cool phrases, just slapped just together throw every with no metaphor rhyme or reason. Wall. Yeah, yeah. This one felt a little more like intentional and like there was a through line, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Which also might be why it was a big track for them. Like it, it resonated. Yeah. For yeah. Them. It makes sense why it was the single. Right. That was all I had. Cool. Great, great stuff. All right. Just well, let's that. move on. Uh, track number six, Vital Signs. Is the shortest song on the record. That's what I was gonna say. 
that makes it close to my favorite. <laughs> if it wasn't, I really like this one because it was short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Abishai. That's like my whole thing. <laughs> no song needs to be over three minutes long. This is the point in the record where I just started writing discussion topics for us to have <laughs> yeah. as well. Specifically, it's not related to this song specifically, but I talk about it in other ones. But Abishai, do you have a preference on how your drums are panned in like drummer's perspective or audience perspective? Oh, great question. I think drummer's perspective, but that's Man. just because it, it, it's to hear like a floor tom in your left ear and a yes. rack tom in your right ear. Ugh. Thank um, you so much. But I, I guess I'm, I haven't really, I don't like live or breathe that and I don't produce music. So sometimes I defer to the producer, but if, yeah, if I had my preference, it is very odd to hear it flipped like that or like hi hat in the right ear. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it'll throw me. Like if I'm listening to a mix mm-hmm. and I'm like, why, why is that weird? Like, why is that drum in, in a weird place? Yeah, you can't air drum to it. It distracts me. Is it so bad? That's not something that you say like on the Wolves records. You're like, I want to be panned drummer's perspective. No, I've never, I've never really uh, had like any like overtly like I'm not that I don't weigh in. I'm not like I don't have any like strong opinion to be like, oh, it has to be this way. Like if they're like, oh, what do you prefer? I'm like, oh, I prefer this, but. If he has a different idea in mind, like if the producer or the mix, the mixing engineer has a different idea in mind and then sends it over and I'm like, oh yeah, this is just too weird. Like, I think it should be flipped to drummer's perspective, but I think most of the people that we've worked with, like have it already panned drummer's perspective. So I don't, I don't even have to mention anything. Mm. So that's nice that they just kind of get it intuitively. Yeah. I think it makes it easier for me. We're like already on the same page and we don't have to fight that, but I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if we've ever worked with someone who had like a really, you know, very like dead set. on like, Oh, it has to be like, I only mix records this way. So I never had to deal with that. Fortunately. Nice. Um, I have one, one last note about this song. I, it feels like a trope, but even though I can't think of another specific instance, but I absolutely love church bells in metal songs. Yes. <laughs> like it when works. the breakdown the same... like, on the one, I just like, yes, more church bells, please. <laughs> I had the same. Yeah. The big hits. Uh-huh. So sick. And then it's got, it's got that like pad choir in here. Choir, this song yeah. is really that good. It's pretty cool. This is definitely my second favorite, but just, yeah, and those big nice hits it... on those bells. Mm. And it's nice that it's short, you know, like so short. You can appreciate so it. You can get in, enjoy it, get out. That's right. That's that's my whole thing. Also, the line, yeah. um, I've collapsed as long as calloused its heart and sucked the life out of this for all of Sunday to see feels almost awesome. It's like it's like so close. I want to like I want to workshop right. it a little bit, but I like the idea like for all of Sunday to see like they don't for say all of Sunday to see they're not very like on the nose, like this, like the Sunday part just kind of, they're like, I'm, I'm going to set this here. I'm going to leave that there. Do what you will with it. You know, right. It's kind of nice. I appreciate it. Yeah. And you know, I will say like it, maybe because this song is shorter, like overall, 
uh, lyrically, this one seemed the most cohesive. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel like it's obviously like it's talking about like a church and then you have the church bells. So it ties back sonically and the whole, yeah, I don't know. It, it made the most sense to me overall. Yeah. The imagery is, is more consistent. Actually, you know what? This is my favorite song on the record. I'm changing Ooh. it. Screw composure. <laughs> Throw it out. Doesn't exist. <laughs> this is the best song on the record. Uh, Josh nice. and TJ, have we gotten to y'all's favorite songs yet? Abishai, I guess you too. I haven't. I don't know why I just ignored I you in TJ that said, specifically. TJ said uh, Blinding Light, right? That's right. Yeah, I think the Blinding Light is my favorite. Blind, blinding Light. But this one is a strong contender too, I think, especially listening to it now and analyzing the lyrics. That's pretty strong. good. Abishai, what is, have we gotten to your favorite song on the record yet? Uh, I either think Backburner or the next track, 11th Hour. Okay. Um, that's also... the. Other ultimate air drumming song. Nice. Wait. Track number This seven, is the one. The 11th hour. Good. Those chops, man. Ugh. It's my favorite intro on the record. So good. Can you imagine if there was a version that they just like, because it's like one bar where it's just Matt doing drums. What if they did like four bars? Would you be like, when's the rest of the band coming in? Or would you be like, yeah, Matt, do your thing, man. Like there's a long version where it's just like him doing I would love for, for him 45 to 45 seconds of just drums. I would, yes. I think I'd be into that. I would. I'd be okay with it. Especially if he's playing that fast and that tight. Yeah. Just doing those like. It's great. Yeah. I was just in another realm over here he's air drumming <laughs> like so locked in dude i told you this is the one it is really great <laughs> pretty good we haven't talked like much about like and we've mentioned that like obviously they're all excellent musicians mm-hmm. but like where does matt griner like stack up in just like against other metal drummers and just like other drummers like where is he in that echelon Ooh. Mm. It's a good question. It's tricky. When I yeah, when I was sixteen, I thought he was the best drummer that ever existed. Right. Like, I had a lot of respect for him just because, like, I'd never really heard like this. I heard this record. I'd only been playing drums for like a year, and so when this record came out, it was really sorry. It was the the record before this Thrill Seeker. I think it came out two thousand five. I'd only been playing drums for like a year, and when that record came out, I was like this drummer is the most insane drummer I've ever heard. And I think I just got like a double kick pedal. So, and he's probably like 20 when he's doing that record, right? He's like so young. Yeah. He was super young. I think it, even that one, I think he was younger. And then when, I don't know, I don't know how old they were when this record came out like two years later, but I just like had a lot of like interest. Like I thought like how he wrote drum parts were very interesting like rhythmically how he feels space um when like it needs to be a super energetic part it's really energetic really like you know sometimes like chaotic just to like bring energy and then the use of a china i've never heard that before like in breakdowns like we're just like a really heavy part and it's just like i just think he has a really like creativity wise i think he stacks up really really high for me Mm-hmm. on in metal drummers because i think a lot of a lot of metal drummers would default to just like 
how fast can I play and how like crazy can I play? How fast can my feet go? Yeah. And they do a lot of similar fills, you know, like just a lot of rolls. Right. And I feel like he actually will write like interesting drum parts that are not the same from song to song. Like there's like, yeah. Thought and intention that goes into each one. Yeah. It was like dynamic too. It's like, he's writing the part to the riff Mm -hmm. instead of just being like, Oh, we should have blast beats over this part. Right. It's like, oh, if blast beats are the best, you know, drum part that like fits this riff, then sure. But right. if not, then what what does fit the part? Like what serves the part the best? Yeah, to your point, this like listen for me through like this listen through to this album was the first time in our podcast covering a metal album that I was like, this drummer is a featured player as much as, if not more than, the guitar. Like, it almost is yeah. virtuosic like a guitar. That's what I've appreciated about August Burns Red. Like, overall, I've always yeah. I've always connected more as a drummer than a guitarist, like, to the drum parts to the more than anything yeah. else. Yeah. Right. And I think that's why this record is so special, yeah, to me specifically, because, like, I... Like there are some lyrical stuff that stick out, and obviously there are cool guitar parts. But like, I I've heard this for sure. Yeah, I've heard this record so many times, and I yeah, I couldn't tell you half of the you know lyrics, right? Just the ones that like are obvious. Um, And even listening through this time, I was like, I didn't really even pay attention to Mm, like anything. It's it's all rhythmic for me, and I think that's why I liked it. Yeah, you really hooked into those drum parts and like they they resonated with you yeah it feels purposeful like even even that even that last uh that last breakdown in the 11th hour the fill goes from like 16th notes to 16th note triplets and then the the last breakdown is like in that triplet feel Crazy. which is like oh like how would you even think to transition that it's like the very last bar it switches to triplets and then yeah, the whole ending breakdown has that more swingy kind of triplet vibe. But I just think like little things like that, the, the more the more and more I listen to them, like, oh, that sounds very purposeful. Instead of just like, hey, play a really crazy fill here. It's like, oh, how can we transition this part to this part? Yes. Um, okay. Um, I may cut this. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But I am curious, Abishai, if you had to have matt listen to uh overseer wolves at the gate if hypothetically we were to get him on our show (laughs) this summer to do a specific episode on the top 10 uh best drum songs within christian music from the 90s and 2000s which song would you present to him as the one he should uh maybe consider just any band like any of yours like, of yours oh of mine yeah. Yeah. and it has to be from he's putting it you has on to be the from spot, the early 2000s I'm putting you on the spot that's why i'm saying i might cut this but uh i've been talking with him about uh him and uh i can't remember the other guy they have a podcast called the holy ghost note 
and we're doing oh, like yeah, a yeah, crossover yeah. episode. We're trying to do a crossover episode of them this summer about the best drum moments uh, from Christian music of the last thirty years. So you're so, saying what would actually present as his? Yes. Best what, drum would, it, what would what would you present as like? This is this is what I would present as my like best. top of your resume. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It has to be from that era, though. Or it has like to be you. It has to be you. Know what you've done. Yeah, just any oh, yeah man. anything that you've done. I think it would have to be the second Overseer record. Um, it's called Rest and Let Go. Okay. Probably the title track. It's called Fragile Wings, or like the first track. Why that one? Because the most of the song is in five four, and it like it's very interesting. It's like nice. It's a lot more ability to have fun rhythmically. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet. I think that yeah. There's also a song called Paper Thin Houses that I was really proud of how everything turned out. Wait. But I would think yeah, probably or no. Yeah, probably fragile wings. If I if I submitted a if that was my own, that's that's tricky though. I was gonna be. I'm gonna fragile wings as as my one seed in our in our bracket. Oh geez, (laughs) no pressure. Don't embarrass me. You should you should ask him about the. You should if you get him on the podcast. You should ask him about the time that he rode with us to a show that we played in Nashville. And then me and him did a, a drum solo together. <laughs> nice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ooh. That sounds it like was it was very fun. Oh, there was a lot. It was a it was an interesting tour. Like we we did a long tour with him, it was like a six week tour, and they were gonna have a few off days and we were like a younger band, we just needed to make money. So we're like, Oh, let's let's just fill one of the off days with the show. And he was just like, yeah, he's like, I'll, I'll like want to hang out with you guys. Like I'll ride with you to your show. And in that, <laughs> we're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I remember very specific moments about that day because he, he helped us load in our gear and I don't know if he knew how it came across, but he like, he picked up something to bring in his and I was like, this is so weird. He's like, I don't remember the last time I had to like carry gear. <laughs> um, because they have like techs and stuff that right, help them. Right. That's so And funny. we were just, we were kids. I was like 22 probably at the time. And he was like, huh. He's like, I can't remember the last time I like had to carry gear into a venue. <laughs> and we were just like, <laughs> oh, we're like, we have to do, we have to do this every day. And then. <laughs> That's great. So he like, yeah. So, and then, yeah, Griner and their, their bass player, Dustin did a drum, like duet every night. And so when he came with us to that show, we did the duet at our show. Which is, That's right. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It was fun. Ask him about it. If he remembers okay. it, he might not. All right. All right. I'll be sure. I'll be sure to embarrass you. <laughs> Let's move on to track number eight, The Balance. Full disclosure, I have no more notes for this record. (laughs) 
This might be the earliest I tapped out. Usually I just forget the last song. But it just like it is what it is, man. You know what We've I mean? We've kind of talked about everything. Yeah. Kylan, it was just that all these ideas kept swimming, running through your head. Is that a lyric reference? I didn't even Oh yeah. It's the very first <laughs> lyric. <laughs> Amazing. I do remember there's a there's a moment in this song that the good in, in a breakdown, the guitars pan hard left and right, mm-hmm. and it goes back and forth, which is oh, cool. I didn't catch that. It was just like more of a more of a production moment, but yeah, that's awesome. Well, they 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 do it a little bit. They go back and forth right before that quick. We'll drown them with this fix. Yeah, it's not like hard panned. It like it it sways wobbles back and forth. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, Josh, you said you like this one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. This was the one I liked a lot. <laughs> Poor Josh. <laughs> he's, he's I'm trying to save my voice for his like voice the is end. in the lyric graveyard, man. I don't have much notes left, but I'm also trying to like not just be on the, the podcast throat. being like, so guys, what do you think of this one? <laughs> hey, I like this song. Were you the let me, tell you my, yeah. let me tell you all my thoughts about this one, guys. <laughs> the throat graveyard. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I like that. That that uh guitar line right there around like 140 feels very like like a little more major key kind of like screamo metalcore kind of thing than like straight metal the way a lot of this record was yeah Um, definitely stands out a bit yeah i wrote that i i liked that it got it went a little major at the end of the song honestly i kind of wish that they had flipped side b and side a of this record because oh, I think yeah. I generally, I think I, I generally enjoy the second half of this record, but I'm, I've got a little bit of of metal fatigue by the time it yeah. comes around. Yeah, I'm totally. a little bit worn out. Maybe you need that in the second half though to keep you going to the end. Well, no, I object. I personally don't. <laughs> I need it at the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> I did really like the last like third of this song a lot. Like the whole, like yeah. all the sections felt. Like they flowed really well together and they just, they're heavy. Yeah. And big, big 808s. Yeah. yeah that's what I was going to say. I think yes. that's the first that I've really heard on this record. Um, There's a few little ones, but I think that was like a massive one. Like yeah. you can feel it. Like if you listen to it on speakers, it's like. Right there. Yeah. yeah. I hadn't really heard that. I hadn't or picked up on it on the rest of this record. Our good buddy Troy Glessner mastering. <laughs> Just, yeah, did he master this Troy. record? He did. Yeah. Ah, oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Bringing that fire. I feel like he mastered a lot of uh, solid state stuff in that. He did. Oh, yeah. yeah he, we had him. Oh yeah. We had him on the podcast recently. That episode hasn't come out yet. But oh, nice. I think awesome. I think he mastered. I think he mastered one of our. I think records. your first two records, the Overseer ones. Yeah. Probably, and he probably yeah. doesn't remember it. He told us he doesn't remember mastering. No, they're only chasing safety. He doesn't remember like mastering any of them. He's like, that's I think insane. He told the story of like he was like he was in a friend's car like in, in L.A. and a song came on the radio or something. He's like, oh, this sounds cool. What is this? And his friend's like, you mastered this record. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's incredible. like he doesn't remember Can like any, imagine? but he's so good. Because he's just churning. How many? Left how many machine. drugs? How many drugs do <laughs> you think he's on? <laughs> I think it was just like it's probably just because he mastered sound. five records a week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just has to churn and burn. 
Crazy. All right, guys, let's move on to track number a thousand. What are we at? Track but also, don't you cues on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> track number nine, Black Sheep. All I have, all my notes, my, the only note I wrote on this was bad transition. And I think it's between the first and the second riff. Yeah. I think it's after this into the next part. It's like, it really is jarring. Like, yeah. this isn't. <clears throat> the more jarring it is, the more mathy it is, guys. Oh. <laughs> no, it's just cutting it off puzzle pieces. It doesn't have to make sense. Pieces. This. That. You're like, you're like, what? What are we doing now? <laughs> I know. Well, it just stresses me out listening to this because, like, there's no way in hell I could keep any of this straight. No, I no, can't imagine trying neither. to play it. Like, which I am, like, I respect these guys because they yeah, can do it. Very much. And they right. have, at this point in their cat, like, they have. They just came out with an album last week. It's like yeah. their ninth or tenth record in their catalog. Like, but they can still play all these songs, and so that's very impressive to me. As the resident vibe guy, I'm like, this just sounds like I don't know. It just stresses me out to think about like having to think about playing so much. <laughs> yep, me too. Like, that's why. That's why I've I've just been listening to like country music for the last four years i'm like just like three chords crunchy that's music. it i got it crunchy, what crunchy. all you crunchy all you listen to is crunchy music country music <laughs> yep. country music boy oh boy, I, thought you... I, I do live okay. in oregon but i listen that to makes country more music. sense not crunchy, crunchy music, music. <laughs> like i love fish guys really uh no, <laughs> no not at all all their songs are too long Yes, I like a two minute song. That's what, so I just what did it, a deep dive. Do you listen to like really fast, like hardcore bands, like old school, Sometimes. like hardcore? That's like minute and a half. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, I'll do more of the, like, like I love like minor threat and rights of spring. Like I love the like DC, like emo core stuff, but a lot of the like yeah. super fast hardcore. No, I'm just like, I don't know. I I just my wife and I just did a deep dive on we listened to like every single Waylon Jennings album. And nice. what I love about all those records is like 10 songs, 28 minutes. That's it. Like you're yeah. in and you're out, man. It's like it's perfect. But, but you're also Jennings... recording like one a year or two a year. Like Right, yeah, no, he would come out with like two a year for like 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> So it Would it be better if it was 28 seconds? Maybe. But does no. Waylon Jennings have these nasty guitar harmonics going on? He might. When he went through his metal phase. I just and... wanted to bring that up while we were listening to that part because I thought it was really cool. <laughs> I, was, yeah. really cool. I was trying to talk no, this, about the album this is... that we're covering. <laughs> I know. I just realized that we're doing something here. We're doing a show. <laughs> this was one of the ones like in the middle. I just middle, have no more it, notes. It's okay. In the... In the middle, it had that very like Norma Jean um, vibe of the the end of Memphis, maybe led the waves. And I like, yeah, when it, I remember when it came on, I was like, this was a certain era that you wanted to bring in 
the closed hi-hat kind of tom right. and kind of yep. just a lot of space kind of eerie mm-hmm. uh, yep bring yeah. in the little like ghost child harmonies bringing yeah bringing the banshees <laughs> and the ghoul, the goblins and ghouls goblins and, and uh, ghouls. just just make some really dark yeah i don't really have notes on this song but a note that I had from composure that I didn't say. <laughs> Poor Josh. He's like Did four songs. We talked, we talked too long about that record and about that song. And I was like, and I can just talk about it later. Cause it's uh, well, plenty of time, but I did watch a, there's a video. I'm sure there's more of JB doing like a playthrough of that song. And like, just watching him play that song is nuts. Like he's all over the fretboard on that song. Yeah. So like, nice. It can, get like obviously you can get a little more like worn down in ear fatigue like listening to it but then like watching it just like reignites like my respect to be like thing these songs may kind of all the sound the same may kind of all sound the same but like they're still like crazy technical mm-hmm. oh yeah they are so. crazy technical not that that had anything yeah. to do with this song <laughs> <laughs> this this was also crazy technical all right guys we have two songs left we have two songs let's and then do we, it and then we're done we never have to speak again <laughs> Uh, I probably won't be able to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, track number 10, An American Dream. This is other uh, ear candy moments. I think at like around one minute, it says something like, you know, you're breathing underwater or something. Right. And there's like mm-hmm. breaths like panning left and right. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I thought that was really, yeah, it's like really nice touch moments like that for me in like 2007 to be like, oh yeah, like you're talking about water. Let's like, right. Some little sprinkles of, you know, people gasping for air. Right. Adding texture, performative texture to match yeah. the lyrical themes pretty rad yeah exactly uh this does feel like lyrically like the anti uh what was the song from that pillar record (laughs) indivisible indivisible yeah this feels like the anti indivisible it feels like divisible it's the yeah (laughs) oh man uh because i like that invisible yeah (laughs) i like that i I don't know. Lyrically, I, I I did like this song. It felt like a kind of a critique of the whole like evangelical American nationalism thing. I don't have no. I thought this was like the this, most but... engaging lyrics that we'd had in the last couple mm-hmm. songs. It felt like the most like like the tightest. Like here's an idea. We're gonna yeah. follow this idea through to the end instead of just like uh, back burner, uh, ice spilling, water. <laughs> Here's stuff, you know, like it felt like <laughs> from beginning to end, it felt like it had one idea that it was going for. So, no, I agree. The only lyric in this song that I that I wasn't crazy about was the spoiled rotten or we've brainwashed our children to believe this is destiny. Spoiled rotten, still counting their one, two, threes, because that just felt like low hanging fruit. Like, but then what I what I what well I loved it because that's me, as high as I can count. Well, that's Kylan needed that to play <laughs> the drum to this record. Yeah, 
Sorry, and, continue. And it, it, it matches up. Well, I was just going to say, what made it work, though, is like at the end, they kind of turn it on its head a little bit and say, we've become spoiled rotten counting our one, two, threes. So like bringing in a we dynamic and making it about like even just like adults and society, like not just mm-hmm. saying, not just like talking about them or like children. Right. But bringing the child analogy to like on a societal level, kind of like bringing that critique to a community or a society that made it work for me a little better. If it felt a little more thoughtful, which is cool. Yeah. Nice. I like that. All right. I hear my daughter playing drums in the living room. Ooh. And it's so weirdly kind of matching going, up to the song. She's going grinder. <laughs> she's going on the toms. Just like, nice. da, 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 da. yeah. Is she going to be a metal drummer? I think so, man. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. It is weird. She is hitting symbols like right when they are in my ears. That's, That's crazy. Amazing. This was like the only there at 305 is like the only time I felt like the bass was like really featured on this record. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's like you get and it's a pretty simple part. I'm like, is this the first like sweet, sweet bass? But it's like the first it's like the, time where it stands out. It's the first real sweet, sweet bass of right. the record. Yeah. Even though nothing like is really crazy is happening on the bass, yeah. but at least you like but it's hear featured. it very well. Yeah. Well, that that's a big part of sweet, sweet bass. It doesn't have to be like a blow your mind sick riff it's just like oh okay the bass is like pretty forward you're gonna have to, you're gonna go you're gonna have to go back and listen to the the first track with those riffs you can you can hear the bass hitting all those it's crazy well, he's, he's hitting it with it but it's like it there's not a lot of moments on the record where the bass where it's like highlight it's just bass. Yeah, where it's like yeah. the bass mm-hmm. part separate from Sticking other parts out. that are happening right that is cool though a bass solo yeah, it's like a bass solo. Yeah, bass solo. But about and it just but about. <laughs> yeah, it's so simple. <laughs> that's, it. that's all you need, man. That's all you need. <laughs> like you're not even gonna slap it. Kylan's catchphrase isn't complicated bass. It's sweet, sweet bass. Sweet, sweet, sweet bass. bass. That's true. <laughs> okay, guys, we have one more track and then we're done. We got, oh, can't yes. believe go. we made it. Okay, here we go. Last track on this record, track eleven, Redemption. I think this is the one, the only one where, like, lyrically, it feels, I don't know, like, the whole record didn't really have a theme, but this is definitely the more overtly obvious, like, you know, Christian Christian based Mm -hmm. lyrically. And it makes sense to, yeah, I feel like this was also, like, kind of a trend around this time of, like, we'll make our last track, like, that's, like, our worship track. Yeah. Like you could you could transpose these lyrics onto like a Hillsong song. <laughs> and we're gonna make this song <laughs> way too long. Yep. Well, for some bands, I almost felt like they used it as like it's like a punchline, you know? It's like, oh, we can play, we can be as metal as we want, and then <laughs> at the end we'll get them and we'll be like, Hey, by the way, we're Christian. <laughs> right. <laughs> gotcha. I think we talked about that on an episode like way, way, way long ago. Of yeah. that, like, obsession with, like, Christian bands of being like, gotcha, you're Christian now. Yep. <laughs> if you enjoyed this, you're a Christian. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> it's a backdoor pilot to Christianity. <laughs> yeah. 
Welcome, welcome, friend. I got you, and you didn't even you didn't even realize it was like the Trojan horse. <laughs> Those blast beats yeah, were exactly. distracting you, and you didn't know we were evangelizing <laughs> the whole time. And you're like, oh, that's what messengers is about. <laughs> you're like, oh, holy uh, ghost notes. Oh, <laughs> got it. Oh, okay. Let's open up this pulpit. <laughs> I guess I'm on board, y'all. I guess I'm a Christian. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Cool. Got me. I'm a Christian now. <laughs> Thanks, August Burns Red. (laughs) Shucks. Open up this pulpit. That might be my favorite quote from this episode. Yeah, that's great. I do like this song. (laughs) I will say, I think this is my other contender between composure as being my favorite. Mm. Nice. Because I feel like it has more just kind of like regular rock guitars. Like there is a chord progression. There's like chords ringing out kind of stuff, which I like. Mm-hmm. I do have like a specific memory of like driving around in the summer in high school whenever like this song, like when I first like realized like, I don't know where this first song like made an impact on me. And like, I've always like really liked it. And so like I can listen to it and just like remember like where I was driving in my parents like suburban with the windows down in the summer, like being like, oh, this is a good song, like good way to end the record. So. It's one of my faves. The most metal way to listen to August Burns Red is in your parents' suburban, I think. It is. It is. And the speakers were kind of blown out because I played music too yeah. loud in it. So, Otherwise, you're not doing it right. The speakers have to blow a little bit. No, and it's anthemic. It's a great closer. You know, that's strong. Yeah. It feels Yeah, It's like the most palatable song. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel as like all over the place. Yeah. Right. Just mm-hmm. more of an anthem. Structurally. Yeah. It's like definitely the closing track. Like it has that feel yeah. to it. It feels like a finale. Yeah. For sure. Yes, for sure. There's gang vocals in it. That's always fun. Yeah, the gang vocals, man. <laughs> That's I was I was here for those. Oh, yeah. Those were great. This is also the longest song on the record. It's so long. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so long. It is a really good album close. I'm okay. We've talked about this. This is before. three it's three times <laughs> as long as it should be, according to you know, Kyle. Yeah, exactly. But you know what? I I yeah. I do usually give exception for long songs if it's the last song on a record. I can usually yep. like you can abide get down on it. Like I, I I get it. It's like your closer, man. Like that makes sense. Yeah, this was a good song. I liked it a lot. How terrible is my voice sound now? You sound like you're dying. You're gonna you're gonna okay. croak at any minute. I'd- I've been yeah. trying to like hold off. I want to talk <laughs> about some stuff, but I'm like, should I just not? So it's not not terrible. No, do it. You gotta you gotta blow your just like just like at the end, just for at the end or whatever. Well, Josh, maybe you just need purity to fill your lungs. <laughs> Man, it sounds great right now. I wish I would love some of that. Pour me a glass of that, Jake. <laughs> okay, well, we did it. We listened to Messengers by August Burns Red. So. Uh, I want to get into kind of final thoughts and final um, flopper bop. Uh, what's the word? I never remember the word. Verdicts. Assessment. New predictions. Assessment. Sure. Yeah, that's a great. Um, yeah. Okay. So for me, um, I feel like in this episode, I was like pretty critical of this record. Kind of like we talked about before, there's not a ton of cohesion it does feel kind of all over the map. It feels like a riff graveyard. It's just, but you know, I think 
it is what it is. You know what I mean? And like, and I do think it was a really important record. And for all of that, I think when I just kind of like put it on to play mosh pit with my daughter or to like do the dishes or whatever, or whenever, you know, if I borrow my mom's Suburban and I want to drive around, it's like the perfect record to put on. Uh, I'm going to give it a bop, guys. Well, cool. I do think all the songs are kind of the same. And I don't know, should we cover August Burns Red again? if I will give the other albums the same sort of latitude that I did on this one. But this one goes down in, in my book as a bop. It's interesting you say that because uh, in my mind, it's like they're probably only like they're only getting better, right? As the albums come out after this one. And so I'm curious if we yeah. do continue to cover more albums of theirs, whether you'll find some some different things to like nitpick enough to flop a record that's maybe right, yeah. technically better than, than that's this true. one even. That's true. But this one, I did have a good time listening to it. It was fun to jam out to some metal this yeah. week. So and that's a big part of your uh, assessment. That's a, yeah, that, exactly. That's your Bob criteria. It, yeah. So it makes sense. My big thing is, yeah, if I'm going to find myself listening to this record again at some point in the next year, and I think I will. Especially yeah. now, it's like getting warmer here. It's definitely like now a, that your daughter wants to play mosh pit. Yeah, exactly. you're gonna teach and it, Willow the drum parts. <laughs> she's already got them. I can hear it. I can hear it in the other room. So, nice. um, sweet. Okay, uh, who did I say was next? Me TJ or Abishai? Yeah. All right, TJ, what you got, buddy? So you you razzed me a little bit at the beginning of the episode about being consistent because we we talked about the the kind of like uh, song parts and like the eighty only because you razzed all. me, buddy. I was just no, I know, back. I know. <laughs> well, I was actually complimenting you because you were being consistent, and then you rasped me. But it's it's fine. And my response that I've been just like sitting on this whole time uh, factors in to my assessment. And so that is that if August Burns Red was a chamber folk band, I would probably bop this record because I can do the ADD like song ideas just every thirty seconds changing seven eight twelve eight right. nine whatever. Abishai named some more time signatures um, and and tempos. What was it? You hear me? Eleven eight. Eleven eight. Thank 11-8. you. Um, yeah, even better. Five four. Uh, I I can contend with all that and and really get down with it. Um, if there's like an oboe and it's a guy like kind of whisper crooning um, <laughs> in Japanese in the metal context <laughs> in Japanese. Exactly. That's what this record sounded like. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Did we listen to the same thing? I went right from Anathalo into this record. So. Was I wandering through the lyric graveyard while y'all listened to a totally different record without me? Maybe. Um, I think so. Yeah. So, so when I wandered <laughs> out, I I had to flop this record, um, unfortunately. Sure. But I would <laughs> bop a short EP of Truth of a Liar, The Blinding Light, and Redemption. Three songs. I would bop that. That's nice. like a single. That's not like even a promo an EP. EP. Yeah. Well, the songs are long. It's like so a single. Depending on how long the runtime is, maybe I'd throw vital signs in there too. Throw vital signs in there. So okay. all right. I'd bop that, that because I wouldn't EP. get metal fatigue and I would still really appreciate all right. the chops. And and those were the stronger uh, songs lyrically for me, which y'all know is a big deal for me. Uh, I'd come back to that and I'd enjoy that. So yeah. Okay. That's my assessment. You know, not not wholly unpredictable flop no. on your part, mm-hmm. but I appreciate you uh, listening through the record. Yeah, us. man. That was fun. 
Yeah. Yes, right, thank Abishai, you so much. What about I you? I thought buddy? about you multiple times while yeah, I was listening to I did too. I, I specifically had right that now. conversation with Jen this morning because I was playing it while we were having breakfast. Mm. I was like, there's no way TJ bops this right <laughs> <laughs> You called it. You knew. Yeah. But it was All fun. right, Abishai, what about you? What are, what are your final thoughts? Flop or bop? Man. What do you think? Yeah, bring it. It's. I feel like it's hard. I, f- I feel like the whole record has a lot of really strong moments. And like listening back to it, there were only like a few songs as a whole that like really uh, like held up over time for me. Right. Mm. If I were to just base it off of, you know, rhythmically or just drums, because I'm biased, I would be like, yeah, I would listen to this record all the time. Right. Um, right. So I think it's sick. But I think listening to it for this to kind of like be a little critical and to pick it apart and to view it as a song as a whole. I was like, I don't know if it's my caveman brain, uh, you know, you get older and you, you know, kind of listen to more music and you have like an expectation of what a song should be or like what structure should be or what you should expect. Or you like, you want to hear a chorus, you want to hear more melody. Yeah. I think by the end of the record, it was like, man, the fact that there's no singing on this is, it's like, it's pretty harsh. Right. For, at least for like people who don't listen to metal a lot. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the older I've gotten, the less, you know, less metal that I listen to. Right. Um, so it's hard for me to say one or the other, but I would say rhythmically still a bop. Hmm. Song wise, I would have to say flop. Yeah, it's it's just because it's all these just like little pieces and it doesn't feel. Yeah, I, I totally get that. That's yeah, a that really makes a lot of sense. Interesting, like nuanced take on this of like you want because uh, I, I find myself like, you know, listening to country music and stuff. It's like I, 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 I want to go more towards like those things that my ear can hook into. I don't want to work as hard mm-hmm. necessarily like when I'm listening to music. Well, and like that emotion that is evoked out of the type of music that this is hits hard when you're like in your late teens or early 20s. Like there's a lot of emotion there and and that's and that's good and right For and sure. normal. And then, yeah, I mean, let's be honest, the older we get, <laughs> the more like tired, grumpy. I'll speak for myself. The more tired, grumpy old man I yeah. am. And it's harder to like appreciate that same emotional energy, right? Right. Yeah. And I think I, I get it. Like it's on purpose because, you know, it is like counterculture. It's like, you know, right. punk music and metal music. Like you don't want to stick to a song structure. It's like, oh, let's just throw in a riff here. It doesn't even matter. Like we don't even need a chorus. We don't even need to repeat any part in this whole song. <laughs> right. It's avant-garde. Because it doesn't matter. Because like I, that's why we write music is because like we can write it any way we want. Yeah. And there's like a part that I can respect about that. But I totally. think as a listener over time you want to hear familiarity. Like you want to hear something like, like you want to hear a hook. You want to hear a melody. You want to hear a chorus that like you can sing the next time it plays. And with this record, there's very, very few moments that repeat. So it's always like you're introduced to a new part. There's a new riff that you're hearing for the first time. And you're like, you know, it takes a second for your brain to process it. And then it goes to another part and then it goes to another part. And you're like, Oh, I'm just your brain. Like, like I said, I don't know if it's like you've been conditioned for like pop structure. Like you're just waiting to hear a moment that you've heard before. 
that right. feels familiar that your brain can like almost like relax and be like, Oh cool. Like yeah. I've, I've heard this before. It feels familiar. It's like comfortable. And this is, yeah. it's like tension the entire song. Cause it's mm-hmm. just boom, 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 boom. Just like kind of the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like machine gun. Not, so it's, yeah, I think overall it like, there's so many cool moments and so many cool parts and it's like, it's still like a very cool like record for my like history of playing drums, but yeah, I like heard it in a very different way listening it's, to that's, it. That's that's been the the weirdest thing about this show of like of taking these albums that we like grew up with and had just have nostalgia for and like having to like dig into them in a like critical Critically, way. Yeah. Always just like it always feels really weird. Like it was yeah. the hardest for us doing uh, uh, the question by Emery. It was like so hard to like try to listen to that record critically. <laughs> Of like, oh, yeah. okay, I want to like separate out these parts. I want to figure out like what they're talking about because when I listen to it, I just am like 16 again. And yeah, you're just, just vibing. Like, just driving around listening to it and you like listening to that record. So yeah, I get that. That's awesome. That's fascinating to me. It's super cool. But I like that you can separate the components of the record, Abishai, and be like rhythmically right. it's a bop. Overall, I've got some issues with it. That's a real TJ move. Yeah. It is. I appreciate <laughs> it. It really is. It's, it's a page out of my book. It's man. really hard. It's it it's is. hard to say. Yeah, yeah it's hard yeah. to say one way or the other. Yeah. yeah. I get that. Okay, uh, Mr. Death himself. Graveyard Josh. Josh. What you got? Desert I'm throat. I'm walking back out of the <laughs> Rift Graveyard. There's some good stuff in there, guys. Okay. <laughs> you might want to use some of that, Abishai. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a statement prepared, so I will apologize in advance. Let's see if I can hang on for the last part. So, do most ABR songs sound the same? Yes. But I think they do like that one song very well. And I think what separates them from just like another band that's just like fans like this record will just recreate a record or like when record labels are like, just do that again kind of thing. Because like... I know I've heard from the guys on like podcasts and just like interviews and stuff like that. I know that they are always like constantly pushing themselves as musicians Mm. to write more complex parts. And like they'll write parts for records that they can't play with the idea that like when we go to record this, like I have to make sure I can play this like as a way of just improving yourself as a musician. And I think that's what separates them from just being like a band that's like, we're just making the same record over again. Like each record may sound similar like sonically, but they're improving but it's, it's a, a step cha- up every yeah time. it's a challenge for them every time they're challenging themselves right. they're bettering themselves they're getting better at their craft their craft isn't That's changing cool. a ton but it is and i think like like for me personally there's a lot of that like i wish there was more like dynamic vocals i wish there was some clean vocals i wish there was some more differing like guitar parts i wish there was like some slower parts like that you could like help differentiate the songs but i came to like a moment of realization where it's like that's just august burns red and like when you want that you can go to august burns red and you know you're gonna get that and like they are gonna deliver it in full and that's that's just what they do and they do it arguably like they do it with some of the best and better than a lot of other people and you know that's fine and like that's not what i want to listen to all the time but like if i ever want to I know that they're going to do that. It's like Waffle House. It's like Waffle <laughs> yeah, House. Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> you heard it here. It's like a, it's like a fail. It's a fail safe. You know it. You know exactly what you're going to get. 
you know, do you want to eat Waffle House every day? Absolutely not. But when you go there, it, you know what you're expecting. It delivers. Yeah. yeah. You know what you're getting. Yeah. 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 And they're not trying to be like a thrice level of musical evolution, but they're cool with being what they of are like, in, of, in, of like taking that. what they do and like drilling down into it oh, yeah. and getting better at that specific and, thing yeah. and their fan bases too like I know yeah. the, fan, the fan base like even like the new ABR everyone like loves it like all the new ABR stuff people are still crazy about it and I'm like I think that says a lot about them so yeah. personally and like there, it's hard to like critically assess this record because like this is all the same thing but right. I enjoyed it I have a lot of fond memories of jamming this in high school and even like in into college uh with abr so i had a good time there's a there's enough songs peppered in that like stick out to me and kind of keep like, you going keep, get me going through the next two songs to be like right. i know mm-hmm. composure's coming up i know the balance is coming up i know like redemption at the end is gonna like really bring it home so bop for me all right nice. all right well josh i'm gonna big bop i'm gonna save you Send it back to the Rift Graveyard. Yeah, send it back Continue to the Rift Graveyard. Talking. See if you can find some waffles yeah. for us in there. Yeah, please. Please. Yeah, maybe a glass waffles. of water. Golly. <laughs> I drink this whole I know. Thing. That, that's so the legit. whole thing. Josh just needs water. He's just very dehydrated. <laughs> He's, just, <laughs> He's actually like, fine. He just <laughs> is very thirsty. Um, okay, sweet. So I think we did it. Abishai, do you have anything you want to... I think we did this in part A. Uh, is there anything you want to share with people? Uh, I know, uh, Josh. When is this coming out again? This will be June, early mid June. Mid June. Yeah. Are you guys like Wolves at the Gate doing anything around then? I know you guys are playing Furnace uh, Fest. Not around then, but yeah, uh, I'm playing Furnace Fest with uh, Project Eighty Six. Okay. Uh, Wolves of the Wolves isn't playing nice. this year, unfortunately, but I'll still be there. So if you're there, come say hey. Let's see. We have a live fest in Ohio, cool. and then we are going to the UK for four dates for the first time oh, nice. in the fall. Nice. And then we have a festival in Germany. So um, if you find yourself right. in either of those places and you want to come say hey. Yeah, we, we weirdly have a huge German audience, so they're going to love that. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> They can God. talk about time signatures with you. Eins, zwei, drei. Eins, zwei, drei. Yeah, this will get this will get you tons of German followers. It will. Well, just it watch your be. ratings. Watch your ratings in German <laughs> Germany just boost after this. Skyrocket! Yeah. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Okay. Well, I think we're coming to the end of it. So, Abishai, thank you so much for coming on the show and bringing us this record. Um, it was super rad talking to you. And for all of our listeners, if you enjoy this, we have more bonus content at patreon.com slash churchjamsnowpodcast. May all your favorite bands stay together, and peace out, Mon Frères. Mon Frères. Peace out. Are you aware of the movement? Hey, see you at the 20-year 20, 20 uh, Bentonville High School reunion, Kyle. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> if, if you're invited. <laughs> yeah, you I don't. Yeah. <laughs>